Thank you very much for that, uh, Tanya. Tanya Thomas there with the latest in regards to scratchings. Punters post-mortem. Let's get it underway. Ron Duffercy is uh, there. In fact, the whole team is there. But Duff, good morning to you, mate. Kim LaGrange, Saturday. And we had some really good performances. How are you? Yeah, good things, Dave. It was an interesting day. The Obviously, the San Domenico, we've held most interest there within the Congo uh, pretty well running them ragged there. So the talking point was stay inside. A bit of debate how uh, he's come up. And Pulele went well. I think the eye catcher was captivant there. But then McDonald, what a day he had uh, again. And it was becoming norm for him. Four winners, two seconds, including a horse that uh, paid $30. Dean Lester's in our Melbourne studio. A lot happening in Melbourne town, Dino. But uh, on the track, it was all about uh, Preble on the weekend. Uh, and just that emotion he showed after that win on Behemoth. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Uh, it was certainly a, uh, a roller coaster or an upward spiral 24 hours for Brett Preble, firstly getting the ride on uh, Behemoth and then uh, and then incentivise uh, for the uh, Caulfield Melbourne Cup. He's trolled him this morning. So... Uh, Brett Preble, who we saw uh, sort of uh, doing the hard yards through winter, uh, all of a sudden it paid off in spades for him on Saturday and with weeks to come. And Glenn Munsey joins us as well, Glenn. Uh, it's good to have these good horses back, as we always say. Um, interesting, say, with this San Domenico, which we'll dive into next with, uh, with Duff, but, I mean, was there any money around for in the Congo, mate? Uh, well, good morning, Dave, first of all. Good morning to Ronnie. Good morning to Dino. Well, it was a situation, Dave, where uh, there, was, there wasn't a great deal of love for stay inside market-wise. There was money for it because people just want to uh, back it as a, as a horse. And as it continued to drift out, there was still money for it. Uh, but in the Congo there, well, he was actually one of the only runners in the race that firmed. Uh, from his uh, price on Saturday morning till uh, basically when he jumped, albeit it wasn't a savage firm, uh, was seven into six back to six fifty. But when you consider the favourite Paul Lely was at two dollars thirty into a dollar ninety, and Stay Inside was two dollars out to three dollars thirty. Um, for for a horse to actually firm off the back of that wasn't too bad. Like he was always on the third line of betting, and and stayed on the third line of betting all the way through. Okay, Duff, uh, already some texts about this San Dominico. Um, I heard you chat with the Big Sports Breakfast boys about stay inside. Um, and I guess you have to, there's a point you have to be critical, don't you, uh, with these horses. Um, were, you, were you disappointed with, with his performance? I was a little. I, like I said, he was uh, ridden quietly to run on and finish the race off. And while looking to, he, he was going to do that at the top of the straight when he made a surge. He didn't run right through the line, and it's not. Look, he's an athletic horse. He, he seemed fit enough. He had nice grounding, couple of trials, looked beautiful, lovely, healthy horse. Um, so I think we have to judge him after his next run. But it, on face value, considering his SP profile on Saturday, even though he was easy in the market, uh, you'd have to mark him disappointing. Well, why that... do you think? Go, Dino. I was just going to say, was that a surprise that you said he was ridden back, ridden to run on? Was that a surprise? Uh, no, because Tommy in uh, Tommy in interviews prior to the race said we're going to ride him quiet and uh, let him finish off. I think it was a little bit tricky that start from the eleven hundred with a, you know only one hundred and thirty metres before you get on that sweeping bend, and and I don't think he would have gotten any favours if he did kick up. Uh, so. I don't think it was a complete surprise because we knew what was uh, what what to expect. Okay. Oh, I thought that would have been a riding change announcement, but uh, yeah, just... it was it was well it was well out there. 
Okay. Right. Yeah. Why do you think, Duff, and even Munns and, and Dino chime in here, why do you think the computers or the markets or the big boys really honed in on the Godolphin horse and really wanted to push stay inside out? Was it purely map-related? Uh, no, I think it was maybe maybe purely that he'd had a run back and he run time. Okay. It's as simple as that. You know, I think a lot of people thought he'd run favourite, uh, Paul Eadley. Um So I don't think there was any any shock that he run favourite. I think he, what was he doing? He was nearly into what's on there at the finish. Yeah. Um, and in the Congo held his place in the market and the soft one was stay inside, which was proven correct. The market didn't lie. So... so- Dan, I say when you're adjusting your database, now that we've seen, obviously, Paul Lilly, you know, firm right up, so the opinion of the marketplace was that Godolphin horse was going to win. But I guess in the Congo, who was unlucky behind Paul Lilly in that Randwick race, does that sort of change your database and maybe your thought process, maybe to a horse-like remark, maybe to in, in the Congo in regards to that, that first up run? Oh, yeah, I mean, the... the there's not a lot between them, Dave, is there really? To you know, I thought Palili's run on Saturday was uh, outstanding, and uh, yeah, the, the way he he pulled ground at the the end of a race in a pretty gentle speed, to be honest, uh, because uh, uh, they all laid up uh, because of that short run of the first turn, little in lots of ways. So uh, I thought he's run, yeah, you know, he he's going very well, and yeah, that's for the next piece of the puzzle will be how Remark fits into it. Okay, and Munns, um, we see these horses when they win firm up in these all-in markets and, you know, the, the big tweet comes through, oh, this horse has been a, a, a slashed in price. What about, has there been any movement outwards in regards to stay inside? Uh, well, he drifted in the, uh, in the well, I suppose the, the first race to look at, Dave, would be a race like the Everest. Uh, he and Paul Lilly and stay inside both drifted in the Everest market there. The, the Golden Rose market, well, it was more affected by the fact that it's basically straight after this race, we took a bet of 14000 on Animo at $4.50. Now, it, it came into $4. Well, that that you evidently look at that customer's reasoning and say, well, okay, um, there's sort of two horses that were high up in the market for the, uh, the Golden Rose. They haven't sort of set the world on fire first up. Uh, the only horse that was around those was Converge, who we saw, you know, have seen trial. So that punter's reasoning will say, well, I've got to back Animo here. And, and then you say, well, hang on, Animo's had a slight setback as well, had a high temperature the other day, and uh, his, his preparation's been interrupted slightly. So, you know, it may not have been the smartest bet in the world to be having. It was a very, very smart bet to be taking with the fact that you don't know, you know, how Animo has bounced back off that setback. But, you know, when they they race like they did on Saturday, Paul Lely and Stainside, they had to drift in really any race they're in for the simple reason being, you know, any horse that wins a race firms dramatically, you're entitled to push a couple out when they get beat. We're looking at, obviously, and starting to chat about this, this Everest market, um a duff, and obviously we've got those horses at the top, and we'll touch on our new equal favourite in a moment when we get to Melbourne with Mars Crusader. But are, are these three-year-olds, are they are any of them putting your hand up, or are you sort of a, after Saturday have you thought, right, okay, well maybe it's a bridge too far? Yeah, look, it's a little bit early for that. I think we'll get to the Golden Rose and, and make assessments as far as the three-year-olds. I think still think they're very, very strong. You know, and I'm not saying Polili's not an Everest horse uh, as well. I think. The main thing we were looking at, we were thinking maybe stay inside's an Everest horse, but he's not. 
um, on, on what we saw on Saturday. Uh, could Remark be a, 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 an Everest horse? There, well, there's talk that he was going to get a slot. If he, if he run and won on Saturday, that he was going to get the, uh, the star's slot. Mm. Uh, but he's a strong three-year-old, so um, we might see, well, hopefully we see him in the run to the rows. That maybe they didn't want to run him at 1,200 there on Saturday, uh, at 1,100, waiting for the 1,200-metre race. So um, we'll see what um, evolves with him. So I don't think they're completely out of the picture, the three-year-olds. No way in the world. Do you think the happiest person after the San Domenico on Saturday was Joe Pride? Uh, yeah, well, it'd be a f- you know, if, if the talk's about the three-year-olds and the three-year-olds, you know, they're on Saturday, uh, Paul Lely and Stainside not going all that well, Joe's, got, Joe's probably sitting back there and saying, well, surely that's got to, you know, give me a better chance to gravitate back to Eduardo. And, uh, well, he goes around in the trials this morning at Warwick Farm. Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. You know, be connections of Nature Strip would be happy. Connections of Classic Legends would be happy. All those proven sprinters, uh, they'd be all happy that a three-year-old hasn't come out and gone, you know, put five lengths in a field yet. We've got our first caller, guys, and the lines are open, 13.50, So if you've got a question for our panel, fire away. And Sean's our first caller. G'day, Sean. Morning, guys. How are we all? Good, mate. I've got a question for you, for, for Dino. Yes, Sean. Um, no, no effort. I've been backing it for, say, about a month or two now. What do you think his main goal might be? Since we keep winning at great odds, but I'm not complaining, but uh, is there a main goal that it might have in mind for it? Uh, that was it Saturday. That was, oh, was absol- it? Yeah, absolutely. Anything she does now will be a bonus, but they uh, they aimed up at that race after winter and uh, thought they might catch a few of them with fitness, and they certainly did. Uh, went to the front, and she kept going. So, no, really good training by Gavin Bedgegood. I don't know. She might run in the naturalism in three weeks, but, uh, yeah, whatever she does from here is a bonus. No dramas. And one for you, one for you Darth. Yes, yeah, Sean. Mate, the slipper winner that ran on Saturday, do you think it's just the fact that it wasn't fit or the fact that it just didn't come up, or what do you think it might be, mate? Uh, look, we. I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't it wasn't fit, and I'm not saying he hasn't come up. But I think we will learn more about him next time. So he he didn't he didn't excel there on Saturday, but I think we should give him another chance to to without you know putting the boot into him yet. Yep. Um, he was beaten two lengths, um, and he was ridden quietly. His strengths have been going a little bit more forward than that. So let's see what happens. Once we get, well, maybe he runs in the run to the rose in a couple of weeks as well, and we'll judge him on that. And do you think Captain might, might want, um, say, 400 metres there, you reckon? Yep, yep, yeah, I, I think he does. Um, he was had good sprint in his legs there on Saturday, but that may come out now, and you know, he's had a run and he's not as fresh, but he his was the, I'd have to say his was the run of the race. And he wasn't, there was no expectation of him first up, and he'd only had one soft trial going into the race, and probably has improvement to come. So I think they'd be they'd be the happiest coming out of that race as far as heading into a, the, the Golden Rose. We've got Brian on the line. Morning, Brian. Hello, how are you? Very well, mate. Uh, look, I just rang, ringing. I heard you talking about a track work rider the other day, uh, Woody. Was that Brian? Would that be Brian Wood? Yes, it is. Still, still riding work at Warwick Farm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ring. He'd be, he was, he'd be uh, the high end of 60. Beg your pardon? He'd be the high end of 60. Yeah. No, I used to follow him when he was riding. I've had a lot of systems over the years. And he was a very good system. I'm a uh, double figures man. And uh, I had a real good run with him because he wasn't riding a lot of horses. And I used to watch very closely 
and I got the biggest winner I ever backed in my life, a horse called uh, Quadraphonic Sound that paid $130 for the win, if I remember rightly. And it over, only ever won one race. They started in Newcastle and just got beat ahead and ahead, which just a stride. And then they took it to Sydney, I think it was a midweek somewhere. And I thought, it's a weaker field than the one at Newcastle. And got up and paid $130 odd dollars. Well done. Uh, I had a real good run with him. I thought he was a very underrated jockey, actually. Yeah, it won on the 3rd of March 1996. It won a mare's race at Randwick over 1,600 metres and started 66 to 1, was 20 to 1. What do you think of the run, Duff? What do you think of the run, Duff? Yeah, he rode it well. Yeah, it's a good ride. It got beat yeah. at Goulburn after it got beat at Newcastle. So, uh, oh, right, I yeah. might have been oh, that. Yeah. I was lucky. I'm lighting the back to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the next two starts at run last at Kembla and last at Canterbury. So you yeah. got it on what the was right it, What was it called, Munns? Quadraphonic, Quadraphonic Sound. It was by Idea oh, Planet said... out of Somme Sound. <laughs> yep. Quadraphonic. Beautiful. All right, thank yeah, you very much for that. We'll put it in the black book. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Brian. Now, this group won, Dino. Let's get into it because uh, Behemoth, uh, the ride from Preble... And there's a couple of texts here. Can you ask Dino about Preble and what he did at the 600? Uh, he, he really just... He's such a big horse, this behemoth, isn't he? Well, he is a big horse, Dave. It was more probably even back a little bit further. It was probably about the, the 900. There was, a, there was a couple of unusual parts to this race. Streets of Avalon, who just fires out of the gates and gets running. Actually, he just couldn't get running early. Uh, and probably Archidemus was following him across. And so neither of them went forward. So... Sansom and Red Can Man went to the front, and I think Craig Williams thought he'd have two or three options to get cover on Tafane, so he put her forward. And when Red Can Man went to the front, he'd lost his cover, so he actually came back and let Sansom out to get the cover 1-1. And in doing that, he came right back in the lap of Behemoth. But uh, Brett just popped out three wide down the side. There was no wind there on uh, Saturday of any note, so wasn't paying a penalty. And then he had his main rival in Tafane in a pocket. Now, she needed that cover because she was pretty keen. Uh, so, yeah, tactically, from about the 800, once he got Behemoth into that rhythm, uh, he had uh, everything pretty covered. I think he was out on the line. I, I think uh, he'd had enough, but uh, that was a, yeah, it was a terrific win. Uh, I think Bo Rosser... And him, there's not much between them. We saw that with the protest the other week. And I think Bo Rosser, if he can get the run that bit neater a bit earlier, uh, geez, one stride later, he was actually in front. So his run was terrific, uh, Bo Rosser. He's, uh, he's got to be the one to beat uh, in the Rupert Clark because he's not the one that's paying a penalty at the handicaps yet, as opposed to a horse like Behemoth or Probabile or even Instant yeah. Celebrity. What about some hey. of the beaten brigade? Um, Dino, sorry mate, just Aegon, inspirational girl, there's a text here about Colette saying, hey Dino, did you think Colette is on a, a Caulfield Cup path? Uh, what about some of the, the other horses in the race? Well, I'm hoping she is. Um, I'm hoping that's the sort of plan with her. Uh, I thought Colette was a lovely return. Aegon, you can make a case that he should have been in the in the finish, like as he's run fourth as it is, but I mean, he had to chop and change lanes two or three times and uh, his run was... Very, very good inspirational girl. I thought that was a pass for her because you look at her form in Perth and even her wins, they weren't very high rating wins first up and she builds into a prep. So I think Danny O'Brien would be well aware of that. So I think she got a pass. Uh, no, I think all in all, there's, you know, uh, I don't know where, say, you know, Behemoth's going to have a lot of weight in a race like the Rupert Clark where Bo Rosser won't. Tefane's going to the Maccabi Divas, stepping up to 1,600. I'd imagine Colette's probably on that path, so inspirational girl even. So they'll all meet in the group one in a couple of weeks. So 50 stars is going down that path too. As usual, he didn't really fire at Caulfield, but uh, he's better at Flemington. 
uh, Duff, were you going to chime in there? Oh, no, I was just going to ask Dino about Aegon, which he pressed on there. I thought he was terrific there on Saturday, and um, that's a nice start-off point for him to, 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 to build on as well. Do, do we yeah. know some of the, the plans, uh, Dino, in regards to like Melbourne Press, say, after the race? Did they come out and sort of give an indication of where these horses are tracking, say, if we're having a futures play? Hard to get any press on course, uh, Dave, in, in lockdown. We're, we're not allowed to have much uh, influence there. Um, I think, uh, well, that's what I think. I think depending on weight behemoth, that he's going to the, you know, maybe the Rupert Clark, but Tafane, uh, Mike Roney has come out and said Maccabi Diva for her, Bo Ross of the Rupert Clark. Uh, Colette, I don't know, but as I said, I'm hoping that she is on a Caulfield Cup path. Uh, because I think as a five-year-old mare, uh, she could uh, certainly run well in a race like that. All right. We've got John on the line. Morning, John. Good morning, fellas. How are you going? Very good, mate. What's your question? Yeah, uh, look, just uh, I'd like to ask you guys your opinion of uh, Gay, Gay and Adrian's horse, Converge. I've, I was really taken by the way it performed in the, in the winter over in, uh, up in Brisbane. Uh, oh, I actually see uh, a lot of similarities between that horse and very good horse at Gay's called Juggler. Do you remember that horse, fellas? Just, just see a lot of similarities. I like your opinion, please. He's about half the size, Duff. I think, Duff, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, not as, he's not as big as Juggler, but uh, he's a good horse. He's, he trialled beautifully the other day, and um, they, they fluked learning how to ride him when he missed the start in Queensland. He's reacted to that. He, look, he, he could well develop into a Cox Plate horse, this, this fella. I think so. Um, he's just the ideal type. He's adaptable. Um, he looks strong. He's got pedigree, um, and he's he's just keeps improving. Um, I don't, you know, he's interesting what he does. You know, leading into that, whether I don't know about the Golden Rose, he'd run well in, and then I think he he's the type that could come into his own after that, like a Caulfield Guineas and a Cox Plate. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would okay. he would Converge. he would he have another yeah, trial? He's had two trials so far. Would he have another trial before you think you know you think he'd come back in the run to the rose? Wouldn't you? Jeez, he, he ran through the line the other day, didn't he? Like he was yeah. really asked to do a bit late. I don't know. You know, he's 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 probably up and running. I don't think he'd want another trial because he'd had the Brisbane residual fitness on his side. So. I think he'd be an ideal horse to go first up into a golden rose. Golden rose, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, he, yeah. whether he wants you know twelve hundred or fourteen hundred, and then he's got a. It, mm. it makes it a little bit long the spring after a, a busy set schedule leading into the winter. So it'll be it'll be an interesting plan um, what they decide to do with him. And um, I'll just ask you, Duff. Here, you know, you mentioned about how by fluke when he missed the the kick, how he, he was much better off the speed. Do you think that'll just be it from now on in? Or do you think they will uh, look to I think they be can forward treat with him again? I think they can treat every race as it comes yeah. as far as the speed map's right. concerned. That's that's his asset okay. now. Uh, but, you know, he, he, if you find a quicker race, you can ride him quiet. You can ride him to a pattern. You can ride him to a bias. He's, he's pretty well t- push-button, really. Thank you for your call. Uh, just before we get to our next caller, Mark, uh, Dino, there's a text here about, while we're talking about the Cox Plate, Gold Trip. Now, I know Ben Mellon was booked. He's not obviously booked anymore. Uh, is uh, is Preble on Gold Trip or is that someone else? No, Damien Oliver. Damien, Damien Oliver. Oliver. Damien yeah. Oliver. 
Yeah. Uh, what the, the, the punter knowing uh, the, the text here is, uh, can you ask uh, Dino about Gold Trip? I've been tipped by a mate, but know nothing about it. Does Dino know anything about this horse? Um, he's a French horse, isn't he? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm just very, just getting his form back up. Uh, yeah, he's got... Uh, well, he's got form through a horse called Broom, who, who is a good horse, um, and he's got a Group 1 placing to Mogul, uh, and he ran in the arc last year, and he ran fourth. So he, I mean, he's a very, he's a very talented horse, uh, and you know he's been high on the list of uh, those that love shopping at that end of the market for a while. So, uh, yep, Kieran, okay. Ma, and Dave Eustace uh, have secured him, and uh, yeah, Damien Oliver's the man for the job. All right, so Ollie takes the ride. Uh, Mark's in the line. Morning, Mark. Morning. How are you, gentlemen? Uh, Good, Lester, mate. Yeah, yes, Mark. Lester, uh, the two mares that ran in Melbourne. On Saturday, Anna Visto and this inspirational girl. Yep. Are they likely to come up against one another any time? Uh, I would doubt it. I think Anna Visto will stay to the mares, but inspirational girl will be running in the group ones. I think Anna, Vis- Anna Visto will end up in the race like the Empire Rose at the end of spring, and inspirational girl heading probably towards a Cox Plate. Right. I just thought that perhaps they might want to give Anna Vista a bit of a chance at Wage for Age, being a benchmark 90 just now she gets the points up. So, uh... Oh, yeah, well, she'll run. I would imagine she'll run in the Let's Elope in two weeks and then the stock stakes at Mooney Valley, and it's a pretty easy program for the mayors to get through to that Group 1 Empire Rose, and it's uh, uh, such good money. Mm-hmm. And, I, look, I don't know if she was even going really well if, uh, if they'd be tempted at the Golden Eagle being a, a four-year-old. Do you like the both of them? Uh, I certainly think Inspirational Girls are really... She could be uh, right at the top end of the, the better weight for age races at the end of spring. And Anna Visto still got a few little tricks to iron out. She mm-hmm. wanted to duck in on Saturday. If she'd have gone straight, yeah. she would have won. But, she's yeah, she's a good talent. And she's getting she's a lot stronger physically than she was in the autumn, that's for sure. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's why I just thought I'd post mm. this right now, mate. So. Mm. All right, thanks very much. Beautiful, Very Mark. Th- thank you, mate. Uh, text here, we'll jump back to Sydney, uh, Duff. Um, and Ma- I might come to you here, Munns. Um, Coast Watch, uh, J-Mac, obviously, another big day out. Um, one text here just saying, can you ask Munns, uh, was Coast Watch one of the, the bigger losers on the day for the tab, considering it was, you know, Waller and J-Mac? Uh, and then I'll come to you, Duff, after Munns has answered, just on, on what you thought of the race and what you thought of the winner in the beaten brigade. Uh, it wasn't one of the biggest losers, Dave, but it wasn't through lack of trying. Uh, they led the charge to get it out. Uh, they got it out from as short as $2.90 to $3.80 uh, by the time they jumped. And, uh, no, we had we had a couple of worse results than Coast Watch. It wasn't fantastic. Okay. Yeah, a hard race for me to read. Um, the, he's obviously held in very high regard by uh, Chris Waller and, and James McDonald, the way they... You don't usually hear them talking them right up, putting the pressure on themselves to say that, you know, they're talking Doncasters with him in the, in, in the autumn. Um, so I just thought it might have been a spiel, you know, thinking he was a cult, but he's a gelding. You don't, you don't hear the big raps put on uh, the geldings um, by the stable unless they're, you know, really proven. So it's taken a few runs to get him right. He was strong. He got, got the right run from barrier one. Uh, he might be an improver. Um, military experts stuck on well, subterranean at every hope. Arna Queer, nice horse, wants gelding. Dark Rebel did something there. 
um, placed right, could could win a couple of races. But all in all, um, uh, the wraps are on him from the stable, so you've got to respect that. What what about your long turbo, a, a text here, Duff? Yeah, he did, didn't do anything. He, I think he was, he was expected to do something, considering... Mm where he started in the market on Wednesday and where he finished um, on, by jump time. Uh, lovely big strong horse, but, um, yeah, he, he was well beaten there. He, he was right, well, fairly much on the pace, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, I think he's better horse ridden back. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have another look at him next time. Mm. We've got David on the line. Morning, David. Uh, how are you going? Um, well, Dean, just two for you. Just want to know what you think their plans are. One of them, well, my favourite horse, Probabil. I think she's what a wonderful mare. Um, first up, um, just what the plans with her. I know last year she won the Epsom, but might be a different plan this year. And the other one, Artorias. Do you think um, they were discussing on Saturday? Is Artorias just is he going to be a fast finishing twelve hundred meter horse, or is that a run of a, a horse that's going to be like a mile, like Caulfield Guineas type? Oh, I think yeah. I think he could go either way, but I'm thinking that in the short term he'll be a. You know, he surely he'll travel better and and get into a bit better spot over a mile and. Uh, he, you know, it's pretty light preparation he'll probably have into the guineas. He'll only have the guineas prelude in the guineas. So my only concern is I'd love to see him, you know, the day we saw him at Sandown Hillside, he stretched out magnificently. Uh, all He's, he's going to do all his racing at Caulfield, and that's going to make it a little bit tricky. I'd love to see him one day at Flemington, but uh, I don't think we'll get to see him in this program at Flemington. So that's the worry there. And um, with regard to Probabil, I think there's a talk that she might take on the the handicap of the uh, Rupert Clark stakes because she mightn't, mightn't be excessively weighted uh, in comparison to what they think the opposition will be. So I think there's a fair chance she might uh, run in the Rupert Clark in three weeks. Just one thing, you know, Artorias, would there be any, after the Guineas, um, that, that carbine, you know, the mile race they have on Derby yeah. Day? Well, they they did it for one year, but they put on a bonus uh if you ran in the Corvair Guineas and the Carbine, you won it, and Delasan did, so you won a million-dollar bonus, and I think it disappeared after that. So, uh, well, the horse has already won a Group <laughs> 1, and then you win a Corvair Guineas. If you happen to have won that, uh, putting the Carbine on your resume is probably not that big a deal, I suppose. Uh, the question would be, would they freshen him up and have a go at the Coolmore? More to the point, and try and you know win another Group 1 that way. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, uh, David. We'll take a break on Punners Postmortem. Return shortly. Jock Logley on Bengala Lad, 1972. I see the jockey on the 101-cents the in the barriers. Look, if I'm having a bit of trouble getting a run. I'll yell to you. you got no hope. So I get into the turn. I'm boxed in, and I yelled out. He didn't move off the fence. He nearly went into Brisbane Airport. And the race caller said, he said, Alan Logley's got a miracle rails run on Bengala Lad. And the race is over. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Prague. New to Kiora in 2021. He ticks all the boxes. He's a lovely physical. He's very natural and he's got a beautiful temperament. Prague takes the lead at the 175. Prague going well in the lead. Push right out Prague. Beat Global Quest second. Prague got the upper hand at the 100 and starts to draw away now Prague. Prague goes on to win it. Prague, a multiple two-year-old group winning son of Redoute's Choice. New to Kiora in 2021. 
As the official sponsor of punters clubs in pubs and clubs everywhere, the guys at Sticky are now aiming up to support punters for the Kosciuszko. But this time, it's not only their succulent wings on offer, but their new Sticky pork ribs too. Just buy tickets in the Kosciuszko at participating venues to receive your free Sticky wings or ribs. Go to stickywings.com.au to find your nearest participating venue and get Sticky for the Cozzy. That's stickywings.com.au. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yes, you're on uh, Punters Postmortem with Ron Duffercy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey on this Monday morning and we're taking plenty of your calls on 135353. If you've got a text, text it in on the uh, the text line, uh, the Sky Sports Radio text line and uh, we will endeavour to go through them. Uh, Dino, I've got to come to you just to get a comment from you on this. Obviously, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's dead and buried now because everything's been handed out uh, to these no. particular doggies. But there's a lot of texts on the text line wanting to know uh, your personal thoughts, which I think we all know what they would be, but also the thoughts of the industry uh, down there. I mean, um, and I'm talking in regards of what happened late last week with regards to this Airbnb and these jockeys being suspended. Yeah, well, I can't say yet that it's totally over because... Uh, okay. Well, we've got a situation where there were the four jockeys charged, they gave evidence, and then two days later a fifth jockeys appeared out of nowhere. So the evidence of the four jockeys prior may not um, quite be the truth sort of thing. Uh, so that's got to be some sort of concern. Um, and the other thing is um, they've obviously got an avenue to appeal. I'd strongly recommend to them that they don't. Uh, I'm angry. I'm angry. I love this sport. I love this industry, and I'm angry, uh, and I'm proud of what we've done for 18 months, and I'm really angry at a group that, uh, you know, had, you know, through selfishness, put it all at risk and uh, should have known better. And uh, it's interesting that the, the industry down here is, I mean, it's probably 85-15, but there's some big voices sort of going in the bat and saying that, you know, it's not the worst thing, they haven't killed someone and that, but they, they could have put the whole industry in in doubt. And, and, mm. he, and, you know, through government pressure, the government's under huge pressure to keep, you know, from our side, keep racing going, but there's a massive pushback to stop racing because other people haven't been entitled to work. At the moment, working is a privilege, not an entitlement, and this is what this group of people... Uh, at the Airbnb on Wednesday night, totally threw out the window that they are very much privileged, not entitled. Yeah, it, it is. It is sometimes. Well, it's classic racing, if you ask me, how it's un, unfolded in terms of that. In racing circles, it seems like there's more interest in what was happening at the Airbnb than the fact that you're 100% right. There are people out there at the moment who are not working, are struggling through life, and we have that privilege of all getting a, an earn out of the sport that we love. Uh, Duff, a comment from you, mate? I'd be... Yeah, look, I I can't improve what Dean just said. I think he said everything. Yep. I think he said everything there. It's uh, nothing to add. It's all 100% right what Dean said. Munns? Um, well, the, the things are, Dave, like I'm in a situation here, you know, I, I, even if I want to go to the races, I'm not allowed to go to the races and plenty of people are in the same boat as me because of where I actually live. Now, 
what you have to do in these situations, if someone breaks the law, breaks the rules, whatever you want to say it is, the first time that happens, you have to have a very, very harsh treatment. Do you think the situation where people that are not supposed to be leaving their house or anything, if they're caught 700 k's away from home doing whatever, and they're slapped with a $1,000 fine, right? If that first person is then said, right, you're in jail for three months or three weeks or whatever, do you think that sets a precedent or it sets into people's minds, we shouldn't be doing this? Mm. You know, you can't mm. treat people with a feather if you want the rest of the population to not do it. You have to be harsh straight away. And, you know, they've, they've got, they've get, they're paying an enormous price for what they did. But they basically broke the law in what they did. And the average, Joe, as Dean said, who's either A, locked up at home, B, can't go to work. These people are still being able to go to work and earn a living. Well, now they have to sit, you know, it's the old look in the mirror treatment from now on in. What have I done? What's it going to cost me? Well, as, as Munns just said about going to the races, um, the bare minimum are allowed on course to provide the coverage, and that's the same with the print. As a radio person, I'm not allowed on course. The last time I was on course, Jamie Carr ridden one Group 1 winner. So, uh, you know, her career has skyrocketed in that time, and we've never been allowed on course other than the actual bare minimum of people to cover the meetings. So I think it puts it into some sort of context of where, you know, of what some people uh, have missed out on and some people have been very lucky. And I consider myself lucky. I'm still working. Dean, in terms of winners for the spring, because we're starting to see, you know, jockey placements on, on these horses. I mean, who are going to be the big winners? Is it going to be a, a, a Brett Preble? Um, obviously, Damien Lane's picked up a number of rides. He's the new rider of Very Elegant. So have you heard anything more? Is Jai McNeil going to pick up any horses, uh, you know, that, that are on the table? Is Ayrton's uh, up for, that up for grabs if Johnny can't make the weight, if it goes a certain way? Have you heard anything? Uh, I think, jo- yeah, look, I don't think uh, with regard to Ayrton, I think he'll go a pretty low-key approach going in towards a race like the Golden Eagle, unless plans change. He'll probably just run into listed races here, so he probably, uh, he'll probably retain the ride down here. Uh, John McNeil mm-hmm. in the feature races, in the big races, has virtually, uh, well, he has. Um, he's with Team Williams, so, uh, you know, uh, he's made himself available and, and has commitments to the Cox Plate Caulfield Cup Melbourne Cup. Uh, what those commitments, what horses they'll be, only time will tell. Uh, but uh, say a horse like Profiteer, I think he's strongly in the running to ride him in the Moya Stakes. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, yeah, pretty much the obvious. I mean, the, the, the biggest windfall of them all, like Brett Preble won the, the Memsey on Saturday, but think of Linda Meach, who not that long ago had a child, uh, she's just been having a low-key comeback. She had three or four rides at Warwickneville on Saturday, got this call out of the blue from Will Clarkland on Friday, do you want to ride Heza Bolter and ride Bo Rosser in a Group 1? It was a beautiful post-race interview after she won on Heza Bolter, and she said, oh, I took a few minutes to think about it. I didn't want to embarrass myself, but then thought, oh, I was fit enough to ride four at Warwickneville, I'll come to Caulfield. She might, she might be in town every Saturday now, through spring. So, uh, yeah, there's there's going to be some yeah very significant winners out of it. Uh, let's talk about Mars Crusader because there's Tex here. We'll stay with you, Dino. Speaking of Jai McNeil, uh, what an electric 
um, turn of foot. I mean, uh, we knew that he was going to be in that position in the run, if you looked at the maps, but just the way in which he, he's run down a pretty good horse too, an Amish boy. I know that he was sort of slightly held up on that inside there for a moment with Dean Yendall, but um, the, the, the numbers don't lie, do they? No, they don't. Uh, he was um, he, he was brilliant when you consider that he was yeah pushed wide and didn't get a total sling off the bend. He still ran the best 800, 600, 400, 200 of the day, which is no shock. He's an elite horse. But it, Duff, I thought it was good. The one thing I thought it was good was that uh, he's uh, performed well first up in spring because if you remember last spring, he, he seemed to you know lose his way a bit and then regrouped in the autumn. So I'm just glad to see he still looked wintry, still looked a bit you know, hairy in the coat, but uh, he put it down on the track when uh, he needed to. Duff, you there, mate? Yep, I'm here. We might uh, just lock. Yep, yep, indications are that he's come back really well even with his trial leading into that and that's proven now that he's well he's he's favorite now he's favorite for the Everest yeah. so mm. he was second favorite after the race and and uh, he's he's five dollars equal favorite sorry now with nature strip so uh, well hopefully we see classic legend trial this week will lost and running look to trial well roth fires trialing tomorrow animos trialing this week um so we're going to learn a lot more, Eduardo, today. So it's uh, mm. interesting. Do you, do you think that... So, so what's what's his plan, uh, Dino? Um, so we, we know that obviously he's got the spot. So will he just poke around in Melbourne now and then come up or will he have a run here in Sydney before that Tab Everest? Yeah, I'm not sure, Dave. I mean, as you know, the, you know, the Hawks stable, uh, they, they sort of can chop and change you know, with the two states, so uh, I think they just want to probably keep him on the best ground and the and the options uh, open for the next couple of runs. But, uh, yeah, that, that was a great starting point on Saturday. It certainly was. And, and here's a question also to you, Dino, and, and chime in here, Duff, but some punters are saying that um, while he, you know, is going to be very hard to beat in Everest, that they believe that he goes better the Melbourne way. Um do you agree with that? Because I remember his run in the William Reed was obviously very good, albeit the fence probably was hot and Pikey got the dream run up the inside, but he has had some good runs that way of going. Yeah. Uh, he's Well, he's, I think he does it both ways. He's proven that. He's, CJ he Smith run was pretty handy. Yeah, he, he's, he's well-versed in both. Um, he, he's, you know, if he gets conditions on the day, he's, he's as good as anything. Munns, what's happening with that Tab Everest market in terms of holds? I know it wouldn't be as much as some other races, but, I mean, have they, we've got $5 equal favourites. Uh, I see the grey there, Classic Legend, at 6 and Lost on Running at 8. Well, he was $7 before Saturday, Dave, was made 6 after he won on Saturday and was made a $5 chance yesterday. Uh, actually, he was made $5 this morning, not yesterday, uh, looking at what's been invested on him today and uh, how long it's, uh, uh, that's gone on to him there. But uh, he now sits in order of popularity in the uh, Everest runners. He's actually now the third pick. Stay Inside is actually the most popular Everest runner of those that are still okay. left. Uh, he slightly more... Then Lost and Running. Third pick is Mars Crusader. Next pick is Classic Legend. Then Rothfire. Then Jonker. I think trials in Brisbane this week. And then Nature Strip. I think the new rider for Jonker is going to be Damien Lane too. 
I've uh, I've heard. So uh, if if Jonka does go uh, to uh, to Melbourne, of course. So so from horses that don't have it from from horses that don't have a spot just yet, Muns. The most popular is Stay Inside. Stay Inside. Well, he's the most popular runner overall, Dave. Whether, uh, D- Dave? Uh, Dale, thanks. I'm going good. Um, whether he has a slot or not has a slot. But, you know, there's plenty of money for Jonker, for example. Um, you know, and he hasn't got a slot yet either. Uh, there's money for Eduardo. Well, as I said before, uh, you know, Joe Pride will be happy the way the three-year-olds went there. Uh, there's money for Libertini. And, you know, it's one of those races, Dave. There's money for It's Me, and she, she hasn't even had a run. Uh, this time, mm. and she only come back in the stables last week. So, the, you know, there, there's, there, there's those horses there being a, the sort of market where you've got a free kick when you have a bet uh, with these pre-noms markets, and especially a race like the Everest. You can back whatever horse you like. You can ask for any a price, any horse you like, and they'll put it up there, and you can back it. And if it doesn't make the Everest field, you get your money back. So, you know, why not ever throw out the stumps? Um, uh, Dino, question here about Instant Celebrity, which was in the Cochrane. We touched on Probabil before, but what did you make of Instant Celebrity? She was great. Uh, she has trialled up really well, and but she just takes a day at the races. We've seen this before, but she still ran really well, ran third, and she'll build off that. And uh, I think she goes either to the Let's Elope in two weeks or she goes to the Rupert Clark in three weeks. And She'd get a fair advantage at the weights on Probabil if they met in the Rupert Clark, so it would make for a, a really good contest. And yeah, we're both they're both Group One performers, so uh, they'd be right in a race like that. I'd like to right. see her. Yeah. I'd like to see her for the set for the the invitation that new race we got in Sydney. Um, I think she's a she's a ripper mare. She's a ripper mm, mare. Well, it'd be it'd have to be a chance. I mean, that would be on the radar. I don't know if they're really wanting to go to the mile, so. Uh, yeah, she could run in the Rupert Clark and be kept fresh and run in a race like that. Ayrton, Dino, which obviously was very impressive there on Saturday. Um, plans to come out of the Mick Price stable. A couple of uh, punters here wanting to know where you would be taking Ayrton and do you think the uh, the thought process of getting out in trip is, is off the cards and it'll just be sort of kept to these seven furlong races? He'll be probably a Cox Plate horse in 12 months' time, but whilst there's a four-year-old okay. race called the Golden Eagle, he'll be going to the Golden Eagle. He'll run in the uh, Sofitel on Saturday week at Flemington, over 1,400, and then he may go three weeks to a race, the Paris Lane, 1,400 at Flemington, and then a month into the uh, Golden Eagle. Whether he... The original thought was maybe come up for the Epsom, but whether the you know he can cope with two trips because they, they wouldn't really want to leave him up there for an extended period of time. So uh, I uh, I think you might see him do most of his prep in Melbourne, and then he's already proven he was proven right-handed in New Zealand and then obviously had the two runs in Queensland. So I would think, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you'll see him in the Golden Eagle at his fourth run, but I think the next two runs will be in Melbourne. You know, you know Jeff, we talk all... for the Golden Eagle. Yeah, yeah. he's 4.50. We, we talk a lot about uh, the you know these good races and melting pots for the spring. This Golden Eagle, that was the case last year and even the year before that, where the quality of this field, I mean, not saying we're all going to get there, but this is your market, and Muns will just learn to. Ayrton, Moanga, I'm Thunderstruck, Private Eye, we definitely know is going there with Joe Pride. Rothfire, well, we're going to see Rothfire in Sydney soon, but... Uh, Robert Heathcote suggesting that if he doesn't get a spot in the Tab Everest, he's more than happy to, if it, the horse is uh, fitting well, to go towards a Golden Eagle. 
Um, you've got Aegon, Hungry Heart, uh, Maximal, which obviously is that intriguing horse that Jub might have sending over, which uh, John O'Shea and Tom Charlton now have. So this could be one of the races of the spring, uh, the Golden Eagle. Well, if they all turn up, it will be. That's for sure. It's um, you know, it's not till the end of October, but uh, some lovely four-year-olds around, and it's a big carrot at the end of it. And um, yeah, I look the the three big races in Sydney that have been put on um, the Everest, the Golden Eagle, and well, obviously the Golden Rose has been around a while. They're the, they're my three favourite races. I think there's plenty of depth in all of them. Yeah, I, mean, I just think we've been screaming out for a four-year-old championship for a long time, and uh, well mm. done to uh, to Sydney Racing to, to seize the opportunity. Do we need more of them? Do we need another one possibly around in, in, in the autumn? No, I think that's the transition from them going, then mm. they go into open grade. You know, yeah, I think, uh, you know, that, that, you know, it was a, a thought I had here that, you know, it was probably you know, around grand final time if we had one in Melbourne, and then they'd transition into the... Turak and the Cantala, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, the uh, ATC were far smarter than uh, Racing Victoria and, and seized that uh, opportunity. And it's it's a very, very worthwhile uh, process. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's the exclamation point on them running in restricted age races and then they have to filter into open grade. All right, we'll take a break, gentlemen. When we return, we'll get some horses to follow on Punters Postmortem. The Punters Panel is the Punters Pal. I've had something small at the big odds on Always Short. I think Gary Moore's got this horse going really well. He's won at Warwick Farm over a mile and he's won go over the trip and I think he's over the odds. I took a bit of $26 yesterday. Always Short, Casino Mondial sticking on with where Weary Falls late. Love Planners knocking up. Always Short finally got the run. That's been a win. The Punters Panel, 9 o'clock Friday morning on Racing HQ, Sky Sports Radio. A Group 1 star as a two-year-old and a classic winner at three. Outstanding stallion prospect prized icon will stand his third season at Keringle Stud in 2021. Placed in all seven starts at two, he won the listed Fernhill and Group 1 Champagne Stakes before an emphatic victory in the VRC Derby. A winner of more than $2.1 million and a clone of his champion sire more than ready. Prized icon will stand at a fee of $11,000. Contact Angus Lamont on 0429 842 875. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe. First time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. Yes, uh, thank you very much for tuning in this morning. It's been a good show and we appreciate plenty of calls and texts on Punters Postmortem with Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. We've also got a couple of callers to finish the show. Cameron's on the line. Morning, Cameron. Uh, morning, Dave. How are you going, mate? Very good, mate. Yeah, I just want to know, uh, the big turnaround with not another Reby, uh, what was the secret to that for Joseph Friday and his last three wins? Did it have an injury, the horse? Um, Duff, I th- that this was Wednesday on the Kenzo, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it's, it's just uh, grown another leg. Did find that bias there last Wednesday in the fast lane on the rail, which was uh, very evident. Uh, but you know, when you know he's a great trainer, Joe, and he gets his horses to hold form, and um, he obviously it's an improved horse. Yeah, he didn't have does. an injury before that. I'm not sure. Yeah, look, I'm not sure, Cameron. I, I don't know the history of the the the, the horse. It, um, 
Like I said, well, uh, Joe's only well, Joe's had it for, Joe's only had it for had three, it for three runs, runs anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was originally trained by Johnny Sargent. Yeah, that's right. All right, thanks, boys. Thanks for that. Thank, thanks for your call, Cameron. I, I, I uh, doubt very much whether it would have had an injury because his last run for John Sargent was on the 6th of March and yeah. his first run for Joe Pride, well, his first trial was on the 6th of July. So uh, so you wouldn't think it would have had an injury only having you know uh, just a normal no. spelling time off. And he came on the program last week, last Wednesday, actually, Joe, as he as he does on HQ, and he gave it a good push. He said, look, this horse is firing, and uh, we'll just continue to improve into the prep. So, again, another win. He's um, he's a very good judge, especially with these older horses, Joe. Uh, speaking of trials this morning, Victorum had a spin around Gosford punters. Check it out on the Racing New South Wales website um, in trial number two with J-Mac on board. So J-Mac getting a nice little um, feel there this morning, uh, of Victorum and that Warwick Farm trial as Eduardo trialed already. Um, I'll have to scroll through. He was down Eduardo for not was it nine fifty seven? I've got to check these uh, these fields. He's not in the results yet on Riser, uh, but uh, Eduardo will be trialing this morning. And uh, as I said, I'd be jumping on the Racing New South Wales website uh, or watching throughout the down Sky Thoroughbred Central. There'll be uh, plenty of information rolling through. We have a caller. I was a bit worried, boys, because it was 9.50 and we hadn't heard from him yet. So it's always nice for a little Monday morning check-in with Kurt. Good morning, Kurt. G'day, Dave. How are you, mate? I'm well. That's the shot. Hey, Ronnie, any chance of Najmati, uh, seeing Najmati in the Furious this weekend? I'm not sure what they're thinking of doing with her. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, there would be a chance, but I'd say... I um, don't know whether she'd come back from... From Melbourne or not? I'm looking. Just right. look at and uh, Ronnie Lunsi's was that a nice little run there for the Brody Cup? Yep, yep, a nice little hidden run. I just see a plan with him uh, where he hasn't been ready. He, he got travelling there mid race, and I thought, oh, he's going to do something today. This horse, he, I reckon, he just blew out the last little bit, and I, I'm, ve- I'm very much eyeing him off for the Newcastle Cup. Yeah, and Agon's Ronnie run, Ronnie. Yeah, uh, when yeah. Before she before he comes up here, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, very good, yeah. And if he gets a softer track, you know he's going to get better as well. And you know he can get better, you know, when he pushes up in distance a little bit as well. So, no, nah, I, uh, I like both of them, Kurt. I like both of them. Yeah, and Ron, I've got one for you. Remember I broke in ads about this horse, Stray, the three-year-old filly from Anthony Cummings' yard? Mm-hmm. I see it in Wednesday, Ron. Have a okay. look at the maiden... She cut, or well, it wasn't a maiden, it was a two-year-old at Randwick, so it was a handicap. You got Paulelli, that's come out and won three times since. You got Coastwatch, that's come out and won, and won twice since. You've got that um, Forzanini that's broken its duck coming out of that. I, I, have you heard much about this horse, Ron, from Anthony? No, I haven't, Kurt. I, I haven't, but uh, Anthony's you, got um, a couple, couple of fired up yeah. at the moment. Might get a price too there because it's in that Profondo race and Profondo is the deep impact of uh, Richard Litz that went for a stack at the sales and it's finally being produced, yeah. Drawn barrier eight, Robbie Dolan on board. And Kurt? Yeah, mate. uh, uh, Yes, it is. Large Marty is running here on Saturday with Hugh Bowman on board. Ah, sweet. And Dino? Yes, Kurt. I think in, in the wireless world they call this, I'm just doing a bit of tidy up. But remember we spoke about Jennifer Eccles? Yes. 800 grand. And 800 grand at the mix. Farnham at... or Prague. Yes. She broke the record down in New Zealand for the online... Online auction. That's not much up here. What was that horse that just got sold the other day after Funstar? That, that beat 800. 
for Seeker, uh, nine hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Muns, just a quick one on the red and green. Oh, there goes the hair, neighbourhood, eh, hey, mate? Straight yes. away, I said there goes the neighbourhood. No, it'll be right. It'll be right. Oh, yeah, good on you, mate. As if. We've been around since 1908, Kurt. They tried to get rid of us. We're still here. I'm talking you know. about taking the title out this year without him. Well, you know, it's, uh, we've won games without him before. That's uh, You know, it's always a challenge. i tell you what, Ronnie. i tell you He's... what, this is what this is when you know you've got too much time on your hands. Mm. You know, you get a couple of minutes in the evening and that. I collect all my catalogues, Ronnie, because I, I, I still get the hardcovers from Inglis and... Um, and the Gold Coast Magic Millions. I love the hardcover um, catalogues before the sales arrive. Oh, guess, no, guess. You're a special customer. Right. Jeez, I, I don't get that. I, I got the them for about. I, I got them for about three years. Then they, they said you weren't buying enough. So no, that's it. <laughs> you're a tire kicker. Yeah. <laughs> no, have, have, a, have a listen at this game, Ronnie. Yeah, I'm look. I was looking through the Gold Coast um, catalogue Magic Millions from about oh, about four years ago. And I got my girlfriend to just name name who it's by and who it's out of, and just oh, what a night this is! <laughs> oh, no, you've got her trade very, you've got her trade very well. This, this is, what, this this is, is better than the Farnham concert. Jeez, say thank you to Gladys. Oh, mate, you've got her educated. A night at church. Oh, a night at church. Just while yes, I had a bit of time on my hands. You, there's a you horse, have a lot of time. There's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a horse that a was going hands. down at Nowra called... Um, <laughs> Nowra? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who's your puppet? Nowra. It, who's your it was, puppet? It was named after that. Yeah, come on, Ron. What did they give it? <laughs> no, no I'm, not, I'm not asking about the horse. Just listen. Oh. And I remember the horse was named after the quote, Krista Keneally, Keneally in Parliament one day was bagging John Abbott going, oh, I'm not nobody's puppet or whatever. And I've got one, Ronnie, that I yeah, can foresee one. that's going to be named, please no. <laughs> please no. Please no, Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> Is that We've your already, girlfriend's name bit? <laughs> We've already got there one called Yes Kurt, anyway. Yes. Lockdown. <laughs> Lockdown at Kurt. Oh. Uh, now, someone that might want to know, guys, uh, Eduardo's yeah. run second in its trial at Warwick Farm, sat four wide outside the lead, was never really uh, let go there mm-hmm. and probably got beat three quarters of a length. And then Mamaragan has just won another trial. Uh, he's becoming a professional trial winner, Mamaragan. Yeah, he's a champion. Uh, ridden, for, ridden quietly again today in the trial. Uh, basically, half half pie missed the start, sat last, and then given given mm. air, probably six hundred from home, worked around the field, and then um, you know was not knocked around to uh, win the trial by three quarters of a length there. But uh, poor old John Thompson, he, he's got a head case there in Mamaragan. Mm. That that profondo too, Duff. Just before we get horse to follow that in that first race on Wednesday at uh, at Ramwick on the Kenzo, it's it's a nice horse, or it looks a nice horse. He's a very interesting horse. Um, he's been very strong at the trials. I'm just a little aggressive in his latest trial. Um, so hopefully, he, if he settles, he's got a uh, he's got a something in the in the tank for sure. I tell you what, I know that Kurt was talking about Stray, uh, the filly, but in that race, if they all start, you're going to have money from the sky from gate four which is the Frankel for Mark Newnham's, uh, which was outstanding on outstanding. the Kenzo last time out. You've got, yeah. You've got uh, Profondo, the Deep Impact, uh, the Colt, uh, which uh, you've just been talking about. You've got Stray, and you've got um, 
also in the race, uh, French Emperor, which David Payne was mentioning that he think goes very well in a recent interview. So that, these are the type of maidens we're getting or going to get uh, in the next yeah. couple of weeks. Some, some horses to, to follow. Uh, I'll start with you, Duff. Yeah, just looking at that first race. Wow, that is a maiden and a half, It's a beauty. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well... Who's your puppet? I think I'll, I'll just had a look at that now. And run. <laughs> no, I think um, <laughs> I think it'll be cap- the three. It's all about the three-year-olds for me. Captivant was terrific. I'm making my horse to follow. Easy to say that. Kiss the bride. I like the way he's come back. Uh, he'll be hard to beat in the benchmark race next time. And I'm a huge fan of Victorious. He's right up there with the best of them. The Dino. Uh, I thought that Bartholomew Diaz, uh, well, he missed a real chance on Saturday. He didn't begin that well and then just got in a horrible spot. He's going really well. I think he'll follow wherever the ground's a little bit soft, uh, but he can win a nice race this spring. He's going really well. Uh, we've mentioned Colette Nagon out of uh, the uh, Memsey and Ant, and they'll just keep following him through to the uh, the Golden Eagle. He's he's going along beautifully. And just the trials that Cranbourne are on this morning, 25 heats and uh, incentivised yep. trial earlier. Went well, uh, so Dragon it went okay, and a horse that I've just got on the radar for the Melbourne Cup, a horse called Ahmad, who was actually favourite for the Cup uh, early doors two years ago and broke down, uh, won the Belmont Gold Cup in America. He's uh, he won at Flemington on Anzac Day. He trolled really well, uh, so uh, I think he's kicking off in the naturalism in about three weeks' time. But uh, really interested in uh, him in the spring. I think he could be a significant player. Who's got him? Philip Stokes. Philip Stokes. Yeah, right. he's an OTI horse, and uh, he won. He hadn't raced for two years when he ran in the Easter Cup, and he was unlucky. And then he won on Anzac Day and uh, and won well. And they put him away straight away. And uh, and he's uh, trialled very well this morning. Yeah, the naturalism into the Bart Cummings, and if he gets if that that's his ticket in, well, uh, I think he'd be a player in the Melbourne Cup. He's a twenty six dollar chance. Beautiful Someone months. just had twenty dollars on him to win the cup. Did they? Yeah, so good to see we have got some listeners. Uh, horses to follow. Spirit Ridge, I thought he went sensational in the Premier's Cup with 59 kilos. First run back from a spell. He's, you know, he's going to be thrown in the deep end this time in, but uh, he graduated from sort of, um, you know, just normal company to be to be winning a Group 3 last time in. And on the lead for Richard and Michael Friedman, just got burnt off in that 1,000-metre uh, race. But uh, he, he was a bit strange. He was first run back as a gelding when he... he didn't seem to have a massive amount of room. He had Hulk probably a length in front of him on his inside, and he, he didn't seem overly keen to want to dive through that gap there. When Hulk went away from him, he seemed a, a lengthened better the last sort of 75 metres. So I think he'll be improved by the run there on Saturday. All right, boys. Uh, thanks so much for chiming in. Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, great words before Dino on what's happening in Melbourne uh, off the track. Uh, the podcast will be up shortly. Horses to follow up on social media. Stay safe, the three of you, and let's back some winners this week. See you, guys. Thank you, Dave.